This is a man's world But we won't quit This is a man's world She who dares wins Hello and welcome to the She Who Dares Wins podcast. My guest this week is Liv Collin. Have I said that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there we go. It's a good start. Um, Liv, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely awesome to have you here. I just um, explained to the listeners, because I'm a little bit rusty, I've been away for a while, that um, you slid in through my DMs and I started reading your story and was kind of blown away uh, how much you'd achieved by such a young age. And I think a lot of our listeners will take a lot from your story. So if you don't mind, can you just kick us off with... Um, how you became to become this amazing woman in business and a little bit about your journey. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I love the podcast. So no, it's an honor to be here. And yeah, I just love it every time someone says that, you know, they've read my story and, and have resonated with it. Um, because I think there's a lot of, you know, identifiable things that have happened to me that have happened to a lot of other people as well. So basically, when I was 16, I was in school, of course, I just sat all my exams, I'd passed them, I got really good grades. And I was at the point where I had to decide do I want to go to university and do something or do I want to go into a job? And for me, actually, none of those options were going to fit me. I knew that I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to make my own hours and have my own business. And that really came from... I started my very first business at 13, where I was like buying and selling things on eBay. So I always like knew that this was what was for me. But I remember going into the careers office and I was telling them like I was going to start this interior design business because I'd had this idea. My mom was involved in property, so she'd been buying and selling properties. And then, yeah, one of them wasn't selling. It sat in the market for three months and no one wanted to purchase it. It was empty. So I thought, like, I've heard of this thing, home staging, which is basically, you know, making your property look like a show home, furnishing it, showing people how the space can be used. Why don't we do that? So I staged the property and it sold in three days. Wow. So that was like, yeah, that was my light bulb moment of, wow, this could actually be a business. Like, other people need this service to sell their properties quicker. So I was sitting in the careers office. I was explaining this idea to them and they were like, are you okay? Like you can't leave. Like you need to go to university. You need to become a, a lawyer or a doctor. Like we, we fear that you're going to like ruin your life. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those moments, the very first moment of someone saying, I don't think you can do this. It sort of propelled me on to do it. So I left from there, started the business. I had no experience. I had like... 20 quid in my bank account. I had no clue what I was going to do, but I, I just left from there and launched it. And then, of course, it's been a very long journey. <laughs> but by the time I was 19, we were turning over about a million pounds a year. So wow. it was it was a fast journey, but I look back and obviously there were so many different bumps in the road. There was lots of success as well. But yeah, and also it was a male-dominated industry. So I'm sure we're going to dive into all that. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it's, it's incredible. Do you think from such a young age that nothing deterred you because you'd never kind of experienced, I guess, outside world of the job world do you think that you just kind of went into it because it was like you've got nothing to lose do you think age was on your side basically yeah I think 
experience a bit of reverse ageism of course when you start a business and you look 16 it's kind of hard to get people to take you seriously that's why I still have short hair I cut it so I looked older so I thought people would like take me more seriously so I had the challenge of that sort of being able to tell people that you know I'm good at this you need to trust me but yeah I think starting a business at a young age you do have a lot of advantages. Like you don't have big bills to pay. You don't have a mortgage. You don't have a family to support. It kind of is just you. So you really do have nothing to lose. And I think when you're younger as well, you've just got that spirit, don't you? That, you know, I don't care if I fail. I'm just going to try it anyway. Yeah, but on the on the flip side as well, I mean, I, I know what it's like to look young. I've had it on construction sites and people look at me and think, are you here on work experience? <laughs> that too is incredibly hard. So it's a flip side, isn't it? Because then you've also got your age, which I suppose some people could see as a disadvantage um, for, with, with experience. So how how do you overcome that when you, when you go and see the likes of, I don't know, if you had any investors or if, you know, even clients? Um, was that a difficult journey for you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really challenging, and something I'm not proud to admit was like, I lied about my age for ages. Like I was telling people, they were like, "Oh, so what age are you?" And I was like, "I'm 21." Like, and I lied about it for probably the good first few months in business, and then I was like, "Right, one day I'm going to get caught out with this." But it was actually, I think it's I slipped up once and told someone in a conversation that I was actually 16. And they wanted to work with me because they seen themselves in me. They wanted um, to like really help someone younger coming up in the, the sort of space. So I started to, I guess, shift my mindset around it and think, actually, is this a good thing? Maybe I should just be more upfront with people and like just address the elephant in the room. Just like go in and say, like, I know I look young, but I'm good at this. Um, you're going to have like a fresh young perspective on what you're doing right now. And then it really started to work in my favor, but only when I addressed it. And I would say to, you know, anyone in business, whatever it is, that's your biggest insecurity, I would just mention it up front. And yeah, it creates a lot of transparency as well. That's nice. And that's, that's a really refreshing way of looking at things. I think sometimes we try and cover up, um, you know, not our shortfalls, that's completely the wrong um, word to use, but things that we're nervous about and the things that we have in the back of our mind. But yeah, that's a, an interesting perspective there is to put it all out on the table and then I suppose you have nowhere else to go other than forward. Um, yeah, and, 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 and if it's a problem, if they've got a problem with that, then yeah, it's their issue at the end of the day. And to be honest, like what I've learned being in business for about six years now is that like you need to be, you also need to be selective with who you work with. Right. You don't need to work with apps Absolutely everybody that wants to work with you and you should really be working with people that are aligned with your values and what you sort of value in life and in business and I think when you start off in such an honest and transparent way then you can immediately tell if that person is going to be a good client for you or not I'm so now I don't if I don't have a good vibe about someone I don't work with them I am um, and it's great because everything's set out up front it's all honest and it's all yeah it's all transparent and again, that that's hard to do because in business, you know, it's tough out there and, and revenue is important. And so turning down turning down business, you know, if you don't want to work with someone, um, yeah, that, that's amazing because you really know who yeah, you I know. are I and mean, what you want, but hard at the same time. Um, just <laughs> stepping back, Liv, to when you started out, I know there's a lot of people I speak to uh, through social media that talk about not wanting from school to go to university or college and having an inkling that they may want to go into, you know, anything from trades um, through to business. And 
sometimes they feel pressured by family members or they don't believe in themselves. What kind of advice, I mean, you started out so early. Um, what advice would you give to anyone out there that is in that position, is just finding it hard um, and maybe at a point where they think they're going down the wrong route? Um, what advice would you have for those, those women? Yeah, I mean, so for me, I was I was always fortunate to have my mum, who's always been like my biggest supporter. She said, "Look, love, you do what you want with your life, and I'll be here to support you." She now works with me. She left her business to join mine when I was eighteen. So nice. I'm in the really fortunate position to have always had her sort of cheating me on and saying, "Look, you can do this." I think if you are in that position where you are unsure what you're going to do next, or you feel like you've maybe went down the wrong path, I would just say to yourself, "Look, you know, it's never too late to change what you're doing." Like life is hopefully long and what you're doing in terms of work and your career you need to be passionate about it needs to be mission driven like you need to feel like this is what you're put on earth to do and I think if you are in that space where you are feeling a little bit like maybe not confident enough to do it scared to take the leap I would 100% find inspiration from other people that have already done it and I would just totally get into their whole their whole vibe their whole circle everything that they're doing I would just absolutely launch myself into that and constantly be surrounded by them whether it's listening to podcasts with them if it's following them on social following them on YouTube wherever they are you want to be and you really want to sort of soak that in so for me for example I like love Tony Robbins and I'm like every day I woke up I put them on like listen to him every morning and it just gave me like such energy to start the day and even now I'm still surrounding myself with these people that you know I want to follow in their footsteps and and how important do you think mentoring is? I know you've got um, you do coaching and you know you do a lot of these podcasts and and help with your own story. Uh, and one of the things that we talk about in our industry is helping other women and, and putting the ladder down as such so that they can follow through. Um, but sometimes you're stuck, and I'm guessing you might have been the same um, when you started out. Sometimes you can't find a mentor within your area. So for me, construction, I just couldn't find anyone. No one was on. Instagram and was on YouTube which which made me start but it would have been nice to have that um what happens when you look up and did that happen to you and there's no one around um obviously there's people that have made it but there's no one kind of walking alongside you um has that ever been the case for you and 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 did you revert back to those you know people like Tony Robbins and and people out there or were you just constantly looking for someone to be standing beside you yeah oh my god I love that question I've never heard it positioned like that way but it's so true because for example obviously being in the home staging industry no I don't feel like there was anyone that was sort of similar like sort of a role model to look up to that you could look at them and start to maybe model some of the stuff they were doing it really was there was no one and that's why now I want to be that person for other home staging business owners um, where I'm running challenges and, and being that person that they can walk alongside. But I guess if you're in an industry where there isn't that person to look up to, I would say just look for as closely related as possible. And yeah, and, and also just surround yourself with super successful people because success leaves clues. They're going to leave footprints and you can follow that no matter your industry. Um, but also like just finding a network of people Maybe they're not more successful than you. Maybe you're at the same level or maybe they are whatever stage that's at. It's really good to have people to bounce ideas off of. Like, what are you finding challenging right now? What's working for you? And really using like collaboration over competition. I mean, I love that, like putting the ladder down to help others. It's just 
I mean, I just wouldn't be where I'm today if people hadn't done that for me and I hadn't paid for mentorship and I hadn't like, yeah, found the people that, that I've looked up to for so long. And I think it's having the confidence as well to reach out. You know, people through social media, you can kind of sometimes be seen to the younger generation as being put on a pedestal, you know, the likes, the followers. And for me, when someone drops in my DMs and, and sometimes I get a comment, which is, oh, don't worry if you don't have time to respond. Or And I just think, like have the confidence to reach out because you know even if that person is busy and they you know they forget the dm um it doesn't mean that they've not seen you and that they don't want to help sometimes it's you know it's just that fall by the wayside but, but keep trying and keep you know reaching out to lots of different people and have the confidence to do that because i think there's a lot of women out there like us i would hope to think that are there to support the next generation or those like you say that are coming up alongside us and yeah i, I like that that um you know, you shouldn't look at them as competition, but as as friendly foe to help spur each other on. That is definitely um, definitely something that I'm completely up for. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and through my podcast, like speaking to like so many successful entrepreneurs, the one thing I found about out about them, people that the difference between being like semi successful, like kind of successful, and then super like uber successful, is that people are willing to ask for help. There's not been one entrepreneur that right. I've interviewed that hasn't said I asked for help I just asked and that was really how I got my start and that's how I've been able to build my whole career and similar with myself like it's so uncomfortable asking for things it really is <laughs> thing ever I hate asking people for things I hate asking to come on podcasts I hate asking for help asking for someone's business but it's the only way to actually build a business like we need to remember I love social media I love all the things marketing but really business is about relationships and it's about asking for help and you know you need to like let go of your own ego and just ask and look if you're rejected which I have been millions of times just think well do you know what I'll come back to them in six months when I'm more successful and maybe at that point they sure. might want to work with me yeah no that's that's a that's a nice touch yeah I like that and talking about um uh, you know, success and, and failures. Going back to your own business, I think, again, it's another thing on social media. We see people that are successful and we think, oh, you know, maybe they didn't have the failures that I'm having, especially at the start. And it's not like I started a business, um, well, about six years ago, I came out of construction for a little while and I sold plumbing chemicals. It was kind of Breaking Bad, Heisenberg kind of situation. Oh, I um, love it. <laughs> And I'm delivering around the country to um, plumbing merchants and doing sales. Again, I jumped into a male-dominated field, but it was sales was so hard. Like, so I enjoyed it, and and it's something that my father's in business with and and been very successful. But for me, it was just like, oh my god, this is this is well. And there were so many failures in that business that now I look back on and I'm so proud of and fond of because it's got me to where I am now um talk us through if you have any stories of like I don't know your the crazy a crazy story or your biggest failure or something you've overcome um just let people know which they already do that you're human and these things happen yeah oh my god recalling all these mistakes wow <laughs> I'm so I mean really early on right the start of my journey like I've never you, you might hear me now speaking you think wow she's got such a good mindset and she's like developed but when I was like starting out I was like I definitely had like the sort of one man band mentality so I was staging a property and I was using like man and van whatever you want to call them people that you'd pay like by the hour to come pick up the furniture and I'd like given them a list of what they had to pick up and they, they phoned me and they said look Lev there's two sofas here that you never like wrote down 
but you know, we're going to have to charge you an extra 40 pounds to pick these up. And this property was like an hour away from where it had to come to. And I was like, oh no, that's way too expensive. I will just get them myself. <laughs> now at this point, I drove a car, I drove a mini, sorry, a mini Cooper. I was like, no, I'll just come get them myself. That's too expensive. Cause I was trying to squeeze like every penny out of it. And then like, you can just imagine eight hours later, I've done like three trips. I've had to like break the sofa into like 500 pieces. I've carried up four flights of stairs. And I just like, I literally just lay there and just cried. I was like, what have I done? (laughs) So I definitely learned from that, that day that, you know, you need to get the right team around you for one. And you need to, you cannot do everything yourself in life and in business. You need to like outsource and actually your time is money. Um, so yeah, that was probably one of my lowest points. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's been like, there's been so many times that I think every time when you ask for something, like you push yourself out your comfort zone that a little bit more. Um, so I've just written a book, which is called Too Big for Your Boots. And mm. the foreword is written by the Netflix co-founder, uh, Mark Randolph. And I'd done a podcast interview with him. And at the end of it, like I said to my team, I'm going to ask him to write the foreword. And I was like, I was actually like shaking asking the question (laughs) because I was like, if he says no, this is just going to be so disappointing. (laughs) Um, So I was like, Mark, can I ask you a question? (laughs) He was like, sure. I was like, I mean, um, well, would you like write the foreword for my book? And he said, yes. Um, And again, that's just pushed my confidence so much more. But it was one of those moments, even though like all this cool stuff I've achieved, it just felt like so out of my reach at that point. Um, So yes, it's always every day is a new lesson and every day you should just be pushing yourself that little bit more yeah it just shows doesn't it I mean that's a a great example of of just push yourself outside the comfort zone and it's so awkward and you feel so bad Um, but once you've done it the adrenaline rush and like you say what an amazing thing to have Um, it's so good Uh, yeah and and I tell myself still when I'm going to do something outside the comfort zone just do it Michelle you've done a thousand different things that are really hard just keep doing it and it's just that next level isn't it and it's so small steps that get you to where you want to be um yeah 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 I love to I mean I always think of it a bit like a courage muscle like you go to the gym and you work out and like you're not going to go to the gym once and then like one day you're lifting five kilograms the next day you're doing like a hundred but it's a bit like when you're asking for things like the first thing you're going to ask for it's going to feel absolutely horrible even if it's just a small thing but as the more you do it, the more you keep working on it, working that muscle out, the easier it becomes. So for example, one of the first things I asked for was someone to like, just can I stage your property? Um, and now I'm asking like for people to write forwards, like some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. But that never happened overnight. That was constantly asking for help like over the space of five, six years. So yeah, think of it like a muscle. Every time you do something, you're just working it out that little bit more. Yeah, and it's a scrap. It's a scrappy world, isn't it? And there's no, you know, there's no blueprint out there. There's people to help you and people to follow in the footsteps. But your story is your own story, and that's sometimes yeah. important to remember. And, and you'll carve your own route. Um, so just stepping now into kind of like on the She Who Dares Wins podcast, we do focus on working within male-dominated environments. Um, what's your experience with that? I mean, business anyway, I find is, yeah. you know, full of men that, that you, there are women, obviously successful women in business, but it's still male dominated. Um, what are the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome? Um, you know, working with guys. 
Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes like when you are like a female entrepreneur and you kind of surround yourself in that space, say if it's on Instagram or whatever community you're in, you can kind of feel like everybody's a female entrepreneur, like, but we actually are like the minority, like we really are. And sometimes that's a bit hard to see because like, you know, I was reading an article the other day and it's like 60% of women won't start a business because they don't feel like they have the ability to, they don't, they don't have the confidence to do it. And I think that that statistic alone is absolutely heartbreaking because, you know, as females, we're incredible and we can tap into so many different things that, that men can't. But yeah, my experience working with men, because I have to say, I would say that like 95% of our clients are male. Right. And property stagers anyway. So it's like totally male dominated. And I have to say, like, I got on well with so many of them. I think men are a lot more straight talking. Mm-hmm. They are sometimes easier to work with. And because of what I do, which is obviously interiors, they have a lot less opinions than if you were to work with a female. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's quite nice. They just like let you go on with it. Um, but yeah, there's also the flip side of that. So for me, obviously starting out young, there's been so many different experiences obviously not being taken seriously people thinking well what can I learn not only from a 21 year old or a 19 year old Mm. but a woman Mm -hmm. and then thirdly like one of the the worst experiences I've had quite a lot of times now is people telling me how to run my business (laughs) so I've had like so many messages from people like you know pet this if you really wanted to make profit on this you would be doing this or if you really wanted to not lose me as a client, then you wouldn't be running your business like this, honey. And it's those comments that are just like, oh no. (laughs) The pet, the honey, the pet or the flower. Yeah, I think everybody's been there with that. And it's, oh yeah, I imagine you've had to bite your tongue a fair bit. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But I mean, I'm talking about the absolute minority when I say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's in terms of day to day, it's absolutely fine. I love working with guys. As I mentioned, they're our main client base. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, I think, those restrictions put on females um, that, that you know, you're often thought of as a secretary, secretary not the, the CEO. And yeah, I mean, I think I've been copied into emails and things and people think that I am the assistant instead of the business owner. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we really need to challenge that, especially in the property game. When I when I first started, I was 16, I literally like bounced onto the scene and I was going into these rooms with, you know, middle-aged men mainly, suited and booted. And there mm-hmm. I was, kind of had like bright colors on. And I was like, hey, like, I know you just want to talk about numbers and developments and construction but I'm here to talk about cushions and artwork and <laughs> and tell you that that's actually going to make you more money <laughs> oh nice no I, I, yeah um yeah that's <sighs> so much so many golden nuggets that you're coming up here with and um, I'm definitely gonna have to break those down for for everyone listening um but the one that you mentioned there it being respect um you know earning respect and gaining respect obviously now with a successful business and a people can see that you know the fruits of your labor and what you do but how how, what advice would you give to women that feel like they just can never get respected in the workplace would you say rely you know kind of have confidence in your ability and let that show through or do you have any thoughts on on respect yeah I mean I think for me when I started out especially wrapped up in age it was because I looked at myself and thought how am I actually behaving in these situations? I feel like as females, we are so tempted to always play down our intelligence, yeah. always play down our power. 
because we think that's going to get us further ahead. Playing up maybe a little bit like not as smart as we are or being like, yeah, just playing ourselves down. And I think when I stopped doing that, when I, when I actually walked into the room and commanded the respect that I deserved as they, they thought they deserved as well, mm-hmm. then the perspective changed. And I think it's actually an internal shift. And I think there's definitely a little bit in there of like not giving a, a shit basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how we can swear on this podcast. Thinks. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> There's no holding back. <laughs> yeah. Not giving a shit what people think. I think that was really the key for me in thinking, look, I, I am a successful woman and I don't really care if you want this service or you, you like me or you respect me, but I deserve the respect. And then if anyone does ever say these things, you pull them up on it. Yeah. If someone does think you're a secretary, if someone does think yeah, that, that you shouldn't be there, then, then pull them up on it. Because I find when you also challenge people, they totally back off and they're like, I did not mean that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some people don't realize, do they? Especially with comments and things. But I like what you said there about, um, so kind of there's external things that happen that are outside your control, you know, comments that are said by people. Um, but what I like that you said there, oh, hold on a sec, my videos just stopped recording. Let me uh, just get that back in. There you go. Uh, so yeah, talking about um, external influences and internal I think sometimes when I chat to women and we discuss situations that have been in, that have been difficult, and and there is, um, not always, because I generally think there are hard situations that happen, but sometimes we look at the externals and we don't internally think, hold on a minute, what can I do so that this situation doesn't arise? And we do naturally put barriers up. You know, we don't want to ask for a pay rise. Um, We don't want to walk into a a boardroom and say what we think because we're worried about how that's going to get interpreted. So... Sometimes I think it's important to look internally at what you're doing. Um, and then my annoying brother rings and we tell him where to go. He also works in construction and is a complete idiot. There we go. <laughs> right, that's, um, that's a good one. That's connecting my phone to... Uh, there we go. There's a first for the podcast. There we go. I always love it. I always love an interruption. The scariest thing is like I was on one and someone's dog barked and I nearly fell off my seat. It was insane. Right. Hi everyone, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. This is just a little interruption. I want to say thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the podcast. And if you've got time, please head over to www.shewhodareswins.com. On there, you'll find lots of information about our guests, including the show notes, and also a lot of content that I've produced for YouTube, which hopefully can help either inspire or support you on your journey. Um, So that's www.shewhodareswins.com. There's also a small range of merchandise on there, which if purchased helps to prop up this podcast and keep us inspiring and supporting women across the nation. So thank you so much. And let's get back to this great podcast. Back on track. Um, Yeah, so internal barriers that we put up. How do we work on those? I think it's a a fighting battle, but you seem to to know what you're talking about there. So how, how would people work on that yeah I mean working on it I think is I think it's really comes down to working on your own confidence like self-confidence and your belief now for me like one of the ways that 
I've worked on my confidence is just through taking action is actually being in the constantly moving because I guess when you take action, it gives you more belief that you can do something right. more belief you have, you can do something, the more action you take. It really is like a cycle that goes through like action, belief, action, belief, action, belief, which builds confidence. So for me, I feel like really confident and taking action when I'm constantly moving forward, moving the needle, doing something that's working towards my goal. I think when we actually spend too much time thinking, how am I going to build confidence? How am I going to sit and internalize all this? It can actually bring you back. So I think for me, I gained like so much confidence in the more success I had and the more sort of goals I hit. And it just really built that sort of belief in myself that, because I think it comes from deep rooted of, do I believe I belong here? Do I believe yeah. that I deserve a seat at this table? And mm-hmm. when you've got that belief, then it just shines through you're not putting on a mask you're not pretending it's just literally radiating out of you so I would say if you're in the position where you're thinking I've not got the respect yet or I don't know how to get it and I don't have the confidence I would say like what are you working towards what is it you want to achieve and are you moving the needle every single day in order to to get there and it's actually not about reaching the goal or having the success it's about knowing that you're taking the steps every day to get there yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. It's a nice way of looking to it, and 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 those little steps, like you say, you didn't get to where you were overnight, so it takes a long time. No. I think <laughs> certainly wasn't overnight. It's still going on right now. <laughs> I mean, what you're doing right now, you know, the book, the podcast, the coaching, um, you know, giving back to people as well by sharing your story. Do you still suffer from? anything like lack of confidence like you said about the Netflix guy is it something you still fight with god yeah all the time like it's still it's never I don't think no matter where you are in your life and your career and like your professional life anything that that will ever stop especially if you're constantly moving forward and you're constantly setting like new goals and aiming for like the next peak of the mountain so for me like one of my goals is always to surround myself with people that are far more successful than me mm-hmm. so there's some rooms I'll still go into and I feel like yeah I've got a seven-figure business but I feel like you know I'm sitting there and I've not even started because there's people there with eight nine-figure businesses that are that are 10 times more successful um, and that I guess is where that sort of imposter syndrome comes from um, yeah. but you need to always look at like they were once in your shoes and you're maybe just a couple of years back from where they were I mean everyone that's more successful than you is just a few years ahead of you or they've been doing it longer and they've made 10 times more mistakes than you've made and had 10 times the amount of lessons um so you need to you need to look at those people and respect them but yeah even having like you know in a couple of months I'm gonna have published author hopefully best-selling author on my sort of title and like that's just that's a bit of a serial moment at 22 to have written a book even just writing the book was quite a life moment because I've always thought like oh at one point in my life I'd love to do that thinking mm-hmm. maybe when I'm in my like 50s or 60s and maybe on the way out um, but I thought why not just do it right now and, and and have that feeling so yeah there's always that imposter syndrome and every time my name's been called out for an award or literally I've seen myself in the newspaper or, or I've seen myself in the tv I'm like how did this happen? Like, who, who is this person? Like, I don't feel like I belong there. But, but yeah, the more it happens, again, the more comfortable you get with it. 
Yeah, and it sounds like your feet are firmly on the ground, which is is lovely. And I think that's probably why a lot of people will connect with you. Yeah, and I mean, that was the irony in the title of the book, Too Big for Your Boots. Basically, the story behind it was I was on a BBC interview and I was talking about the charity event I was running and this woman at an event that night. So I was going into an event and she met me in the lift and she was from like a, you know, a property organization that, that I knew. And she said to me, oh, so you're Liv? And I was like, yeah, yeah, nice to meet you. How are you? And she said, look, just don't you get too big for your boots. <gasps> no. This, this is, I know we're talking about a male-dominated industry, but I want to hit home that us as females really need to support each other as well. Yeah. That was not a man that said that to me in a lift. That was a female that was kind of trying to drag me down. I think <sighs> no matter what woman it is, always tell her how amazing she is and how well she's doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think women supporting women is so, so vital. And I think it starts with yourself. So make sure you're always pulling, pulling for other women and hoping that they're going to will collaborate with you and do better than you. Yeah, it's sad, but it's something I've heard here on the podcast from a lot of women in construction. You know, we don't see a lot of other women and then when they come in, we hadn't real negative experiences. And, and it always shocks me... Um, and I think what, like, what are the reasons, you try and think what are the reasoning behind this? I don't understand it. Is it, you know, that they've got there and they've earned the right to get there, therefore they believe that anyone coming through needs to earn the right. I just don't understand the mindset. Considering we're all in the minority, I just, yeah. I, I think culture's never going to change and attitudes are not going to change if we all don't stand up and we start becoming, you know, equal, not different, but equal um so I can't, yes that's absolutely crazy um yeah i think yeah. it's i think it's that competitiveness that's sort of been bred in women through throughout the years of like having to compete with each other for maybe that one place instead yeah. of it being a full community and for me like i've been i was bullied really badly at school as well which was which was terrible and that was mainly female-led as well but I mean, it should, it's never changed my perspective on that I love all women. And actually, I'd, I want to see a woman in every industry do well, and even in my own industry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it starts, it starts with you. Um, and again, it's, it's something that should be called out if you see someone not supporting someone else. Yeah, definitely. So what else can we expect from the book then? What, what else is in there? What, um... Yeah, so I share like parts of my story that I've never shared before. I dive really deep into bullying because it's definitely one of my missions is to support more people that, especially young people that are going through that right now. Um, mm-hmm. So in 2021, I'm going to impact 1 million young people's lives. Um through the book and obviously through speaking and things. So the book is basically my journey as a business owner, 16 to now 22. And it's 15 chapters and it's actually how to build a seven-figure brand. So it's a great mix of literally um, really practical advice of how to do things. And then also I've got some of my own stories in there some of my own experience and some learning. So it's, it's quite a nice combination of it all. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a few laughs in there too, some of my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Did the sofa story make it in? I, I think it did, yeah. <laughs> That's like definitely one of the most vivid memories of, of my journey so far. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and, it. and in the business world, I know 
you're probably at a level now where you, you know you've got public speaking and all these bits and pieces and writing a book as well like how are you still very much involved in the business and um where where's that going to take you what do you see yourself doing I hate that question what do you see yourself doing in 10 years it seems like a job oh, interview I know but... <laughs> I know I know so basically the property stager is my mom is like an absolute superstar and she runs the day-to-day running of that awesome. I'm, I'm still very much involved in terms of the vision and the marketing I'm but fortunately I don't have to deal with like yeah the logistics of it anymore as from my sofa story you can tell that that is not my strong suit (laughs) um but yeah so my mum runs that I'm still very much involved in sort of the overall vision and yeah so now my focus is building my personal brands I'm so coaching other home staging business owners or people that want to become one because you know I can see how much that's changed my life and I want to impact others and then also yeah just helping other entrepreneurs share their mission with the world through personal branding PR basically exactly following in my footsteps of of how I built my brand and I think you know as entrepreneurs I think everybody is here for a reason and we have a mission Um, and I think there's more effective ways to get out to the world than other strategies Um, so that's what I kind of help people with now that's awesome and it's really inspiring and power of story that's always something I firmly believe in I love um, you know filmmaking and, and sharing stories via social media and yeah it's, it's a way of giving back and I'm really excited to see I mean I don't think there's anything more you can add to your CV but <laughs> I know because actually one of the things I missed out was I so I've only ever worked for someone for three days of my life so when I was right. 16 I did get offered to become a trainee mortgage advisor and I'm like I think back now and think me as a mortgage advisor like that would never happen but I worked there for three days and yeah I mean after the three days I I was crying in the office and I was like I can't be a desk all day I cannot do this but I remember when I got that position like my CV had nothing on it like it was literally like this really arty creative one where I was kind of like just kind of like saying my skills and things like that but yeah my CV is a lot fuller now but I don't think I'll ever really need a CV no I don't ever really see myself working for anyone (laughs) No, no, there is that case. Similar to you, I actually... um I went for a job that I've always been self-employed since the age of 21 but the one job I did go for apart from working for a bar when I was at university um, but I went for a job at McDonald's and actually didn't get the job oh, <laughs> I was wow. like that is not something you want to talk about Michelle that is <laughs> I love that but I love that because so many different places don't like value different things don't they yeah. and I think one of the things that's totally missing especially in young people's lives right now is, is valuing something more than academics like yes yeah creativity thinking outside the box I feel like it's going to be valued a lot more in like sort of recent life like post-covid yeah um, where people are going to be looking for different skills and actually self-employed or having your own business is probably going to be the way to go for a lot of people now um, but yeah I think we need to reframe the way that we look at what is a success because it's not just being able to smash a math test or an English exactly. test it's actually yeah it's impacting the world yeah no definitely um, I have to be careful when I talk about that because my husband's a lecturer so I'm like people are like oh should I go to university I'm like no it's <laughs> like I'm going to be out of a job <laughs> like, okay. there's definitely a place for university <laughs> yeah, um, yeah if that's I guess if you need it to get like your dream career. exactly yeah but for yeah. me it would have been yeah I never would have lasted anyway I probably would have dropped out in the first week <laughs> Awesome. Well, I just want to thank you so much. You have given oh, me and all the listeners just 
oh, it's just inspiring your whole story and the little golden nuggets of information that are going to help so many women out there. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for that, Liv. Do you have any last minute words of wisdom to any She Who Dares wins listers out there that, um, I don't know, they just want to um, be successful? Yeah, I mean, I would say that like whatever is holding you back, like just try and let it go. Like don't let fear of like failure hold you back. And I'll, and also like obviously through my coaching, like one of the things I hear most from women is the lack of confidence or the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And that is totally internal. That's all in your head. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the action is going to get you out of that place where when you start taking action, you'll build the confidence. So for me, it's just my whole philosophy has always been around just do it. It's not that original, but the more time that you spend just thinking about something or always dreaming about it, like don't wake up tomorrow and wish you'd started yesterday. Just like, just start now. Um, yeah. And if you want to connect with me, I'm always sharing this kind of stuff or DM me where you're at right now. And I'm happy to support Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your, you know, spending the time to speak with me. Massively appreciated. And um, I wish you all the best for the book launch. I'll definitely be first in queue for um, <laughs> to get hold of one of those bad boys. And yeah, um, thanks for giving back to the community and, and women. Uh, thanks very much for being a guest. I'm blown oh, away. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much no fun. This is a man's world.